Hi, this is Craig Tucker, Director of the Office of Supportive Services. The Office of Supportive Services houses two opportunity programs, the Arthur O. Eve Higher Education Opportunity Program, otherwise known as ATOP, and TRIO Student Support Services, otherwise known as SSS. This podcast is our first song share, Episode 1, Side A. The purpose of a song share podcast is to highlight music worth talking about and give staff and students at Syracuse University an opportunity to connect across differences. In this episode, we have four different songs chosen by SSS Associate Director Amy Messersmith and OSS Educational Assistant Nick Piatto. The four-song playlist includes an unreleased Kendrick Lamar song called Prayer, They said I would build a legacy Picture me with influence that last generations I was made out of love to keep you happy and educated The first three letters of the Also discuss is Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine This third song on the playlist is Woman by Doja Cat. Final song is Talking About a Revolution by Tracy Chapman. Don't you know talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know talking about a revolution sounds If you want to listen to the full four-song playlist before listening to the podcast, we've included it in the link below. Nick and Amy sat down with SSS sophomore Hannah Gonzalez and HOP senior Richard Hall to see what they thought of these four songs. Take a listen. This podcast is a song share because there are so many artists and songs that we think students might be familiar with or might not. And we think that they're worth talking about. And so this is our first attempt at getting students to um, have dialogue over artists and songs. And as you can see, the four that we selected today are so different, but there's also similar themes. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really exciting. So the things that we asked you guys to do was, number one, listen to the songs, not once, but three times. You didn't have to do it 
three times in a row. It could be like three times throughout the, the week that you guys had the playlist. And we wanted you to listen to it at least once with headphones. Because when you listen to music with headphones, you hear things differently. It's mm-hmm. like you hear it as the artist meant it to be heard. Whereas driving in a car or just like playing through a speaker, it doesn't always pick up on all the subtleties. And so um, one of the things that we want to do with the Census Project is encourage nuanced conversation. And along with that, we need to have um, to grow our skill set of listening, nuanced listening. So mm. hopefully... Um, we can kind of dive into that too. But those were kind of it. So these are um, Nick and my picks, and then we're going to flip it. And then we'll sit down again, and Nick and I will listen to your picks. This will be part side A, and then side B. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but when there was records, there was <laughs> an A side and a B side. So, you know, yeah. um, that's where that comes from. But why don't we just go around first and introduce ourselves? So my name's Nick Piatto. Um, I'm a first-year graduate student uh, at SU. I was born and raised in Syracuse, um, and I just moved back from Japan where I was teaching elementary music for three years. And Nick is our uh, Studio Lab educational assistant and Ableton <laughs> expert. Official title. <laughs> I think you need that on a mug. I know, right? <laughs> I, I need a big mug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I could go next. Uh, I'm Hannah Gonzalez. I'm a sophomore, and I'm from Queens. Just like music. Yeah. Nice. Let's go. Okay. Uh, my name is Rashard Hall. I'm a senior CRS major, and I'm from Harlem. And I'm Amy Mothersmith, and I'm the Associate Director for Student Support Services. And I am the main staff associated with the Census Project. It is a passion project of mine. And the fact that we're all here sitting, talking about music is like, this is kind of the fulfillment of a vision. So I'm really, really excited. (laughs) Yeah, It started with an idea, and now here we are. That's really exciting. So... Who wants to introduce our playlist? Um, Could I ask something first? Be sure. sure we do that. It might be cool to ask Hannah and Rashad because, like, like, this is like a new thing. If you have any goals for like what this could be, because I was kind of thinking like, what is like the purpose of this? And what came to my mind was like two things: like just like sharing music, like finding new artists is really cool. Because, like, I hadn't listened to, like, Tracy Chapman forever. And then I found myself, like, all going back to her discography just because of this, right? So, like, that was one thing I was thinking. And, like, also the ability to, like, think critically about music. Like, the musical aspects and the lyrical content. And, like, be able to speak on it. You know what I mean? Those were, like, two things that I had thought. But I didn't know if you guys had any ideas, like, through the process of, like, doing this this week. I mean, like, the only, like things that came to mind when I first heard about it. I was like, okay, like I can get like, you know, share music of course, because I feel like, you know, nowadays it's like the same music that's being like listened to. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many under the radar artists yeah. that like are undervalued, underappreciated. So that's what actually came to my mind when I heard about the podcast. Yeah, I think the same thing. And it's also like I listen to music just in the perspective of like just like listening to like hear things I like or like to like I guess like get certain feelings but Mm. like conversations around like the lyrics like the kind of like instruments and things they use I'm not really like 
like I don't have a lot of knowledge about so that's definitely something I'm looking forward to exploring cool yeah and like like when I listen to music I, it may not necessarily be like okay like this is a good song it may just be like how it made me feel in the moment if I'm watching the show and like a song come on hmm. and it's like a like you know, a character that you connected to was dying. They playing the song. It's like okay, like you remember that song because you remember that character. Like, mm-hmm. Your favorite character died, something like that. So it's like not always like okay, this is a good song, but it made me feel this type of way when I listened to it. So yeah, I kind of like picked songs that like spoke about something political or like you know like mm-hmm. like I think like the way that people tend to listen to music is just so different, right? Like some people listen to it like because it just makes them feel a certain emotion, right? Or like they remember it from their past. Like I think like having those conversations and like seeing how people listen to music differently could be like really like eye-opening. So who wants to uh, introduce the four songs that we picked or should we do? I think you two should okay. like do mm-hmm. your picks and yeah. why you picked it. Okay, yeah. so let's start with you, Nick. Okay, <laughs> so... The two songs that I picked, the first one I knew I definitely wanted to talk about um, is an unreleased uh, Kendrick Lamar track called Prayer. And ever since I heard this track, I thought this song is perfect to bring into like a classroom or to have some sort of discussion about. Um, and we'll get into why um, and discuss it. And then the second one I wanted to pick was, uh, can I say it on here? Amy? Can I? Yes. Use profanity. Okay. So I want to pick Thought Shit uh, by Megan Thee Stallion. That's my song. I love that song. Yeah. So that song, I thought there's a lot to discuss. Um, and musically, it's crazy. But we had a discussion about uh, profanity. So maybe further down the line, we'll get into that one a bit more. Um, so what I ended up picking instead uh, is Woman by Doja Cat, which is also a great song. And there's a lot to talk about there, um, for sure. What we thought about with the Megan Thee Stallion um song because we had you guys commit to these four songs and we kind of threw them at you we didn't want to like throw you this hyper sexualized song um and so instead we were thinking we're going to build a playlist and look at um the role of women in hip-hop from like early on till now Mm -hmm. and have the conversation within that context and then we'll have a playlist people can listen to it and then it's kind of like you're opting in instead of us forcing you to listen (laughs) to it because we want to respect people's boundaries Mm -hmm. um but there's so much to talk about with that song so Mm -hmm. it's definitely on the table yes Mm -hmm. for sure Um, we'll get into that i think the music video i don't know if you guys have seen it that's a whole separate conversation that's also really juicy Mm -hmm. yeah Yes. Okay. We'll dig into that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. My two picks were um, kind of the same theme-ish. They were like social justice um, songs. The first one was um, Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine. I did not listen to this when during when it came out. It wasn't my style of music. It was a little too heavy. It just wasn't my thing. And so um, now in my 40s, I'm listening to it. I'm like really into it. (laughs) I have such an appreciation for this song. You know, the fact that it's something like 25 years old and I think it's really powerful and still very relevant. Um, The other song I chose, same theme, but totally different genre was Tracy Chapman's talking about a revolution. And I just thought it was an interesting juxtaposition between similar messages, very different artists, um, and still both very relevant today. Mm. So those mm-hmm. are my picks. So let's dive into Nick. Start us off. Sure. 
Did you guys, when you were listening to it, did you pick up kind of the story behind that track? It took me a while to get what he was talking me about. Too. When I first listened to this, I was like, oh, like, I love this sample. Like this, is, But, like, I didn't know what he was rapping about. And I was confused because, like, that first line he says, I was born on February, tw- February 24th, 1970. I was like, he's not that old. <laughs> so, like, and then he mentions another day. So I, I'm like, I went looking for, like, kind of the purpose of the lyrics. Each verse is from the point of view of a work of art. So verse one is from the point of view of the song ABC by Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. He says the first three letters of the alphabet, my name. And then the second verse is from the point of view of the I have a dream speech by Martin Luther King Jr. And the last verse from what I can gather is from the point of view of this song that he is rapping. Right. It's kind of how I gathered it. Oh, the last part. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, I was born in paranoia, his poison for us, right? So, like, this song was born out of the paranoia of, like, getting canceled, basically, mm-hmm. right? So, at the root of this song is that debate, right? Can you separate the art from the artist if they made mistakes, right? Because Michael Jackson, like, I think we all know this this story. Um, and then Martin Luther King Jr., right, had allegations of infidelity. Mm-hmm. Does this discount those works of art? Where do we draw the line? That's kind of at the root of this song. Mm-hmm. I know, um, like, just like the story with like Michael Jackson, like, and his father, and like, you know, the abuse and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. thought about that immediately yeah. when I had saw this first verse. So that's immediately what I thought about. And then I kind of picked up on the third verse, like, okay, we make mistakes, but that has something to do with the art we pull out, that like we put mm-hmm. out. So, I mean, I agree with him. Yeah. I mean, it's like everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's made to be perfect. So like, we should always separate the person from the art. I mean, unless you, you're saying like the person's intentionally doing something. Like I don't think somebody, I don't think everybody is like, you know, doing something intentionally, like to, like doing something negatively on an attention, an intentional level. Mm. So, um, yeah, I agree with him. Yeah, and it's okay to disagree, too. This mm-hmm. is kind of, like, the one of the biggest debates in art mm-hmm. right now, right? Like, you don't have to be one or the other, right? Like, it's very murky, so mm-hmm. it's okay to not know, too. But Hannah, what, what do you think? The first two times I listened to it, like, all of it went completely over yeah, my head. <laughs> I had to look up Kendrick. Um, his real name I was like oh what's like Kendrick Lamar's real name and then I was like oh like it's not ABC and I was like kind of <laughs> I had like a dumb moment I was like oh okay it wasn't until SoundCloud has this thing where you can comment on the song That's at like different points too, yeah. and I saw that I was like is this even like real I was like oh okay <laughs> and then coming in today and like seeing that I was like oh, okay it is mm. it makes a lot more sense now I didn't really pick up on like the first two parts but definitely the last part about like talent doesn't choose morality and like choosing like to support the artist versus their art i think like that's such an interesting thing even today because like like the example i can think of is like the black lives matter like movement versus like blue lives matter Mm -hmm. or like all lives matter like a lot of companies are picking sides yeah so like for example like chick-fil-a like nobody really wants to like eat chick-fil-a now because like the owners are like homophobic Mm. so like it definitely makes me think about that idea of like choosing the art versus the artist 
we can talk more about the lyrics too, but I, like musically, it's pretty simple musically in a way. Like there's, what did you notice any instruments particularly? I made notes in terms of the sample that I felt like the song and the lyrics is contemplative and I mm. felt like the the sample matched that. And yes. I felt like the the descending chords of the piano, mm. it was like him stumbling into different thoughts and realizations. And I thought that it, it really matched and set a tone for this pondering and mm. this you know this larger questioning that he's doing in the song yeah that's beautiful i totally agree because like this type of rap like wouldn't work over like the beat from like the box or something right like th those two don't really match this is like did the beat come first did the idea come first like we might not know right but they fit very well together i thought and then were there any moments like lyrically that really stood out to you or like so i have a few in the first verse, uh, I stood on stage and had to watch my father on the news. He is the song, right? It's so, like he's performing alongside, but like totally separate from those other issues. Mm -hmm. Like there's a there's a barrier there. And now my purpose for living makes no difference to you. I had to die too, right? Does the song need to die? We can't stream the song anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Because of the allegations. Like it's a good question. It's such a good question and i really struggle with this mm. and with michael jackson it's a tough one for me because watching the the finding neverland documentary on hbo mm. and seeing how he michael jackson is portrayed in that film is pretty much a predator mm. a deliberate predator that was that was courting and harming and grooming um young boys that I struggle. I his music is so good, and yet mm -hmm. I hear it differently now. I mean, so like when I think about stuff like that, I feel like Michael Jackson is not here to defend himself no more. So it's like, how do we know? Like, have it? Like, has it been proven? That's not how how I always think usually. But like, he's not here to like defend himself. Like, you know, anybody could. The era that we live in today, a lot of people would do anything to make a name for themselves or, you know, like just get ahead, like in general. So Michael Jackson, big name, probably the the greatest ever, ever, like people may say, people that questioned back then, like things about Michael Jackson. So it's like, okay, like, why not come out and say something now that will get attention? And then it's like, he's not here to defend himself. So mm -hmm. it's like, how can anybody tell me that I'm wrong or anything like that? I'm not saying the person is like, you know, lying or anything like that. I just feel like a person's not here to defend themselves. So we would never know the truth. Right. Rather, I mean, like, but like, unlike the R. Kelly situation right. where he's here and you can see his reactions to the interview, like, you know, people like who just like study things like that, like how he's so combative rather than, you know, just explaining himself. Like, I feel like with the R. Kelly situation, that's a little bit more proof of me. He did go to jail. So, right. like, that, I haven't listened to his music, right. like, mm -hmm. since they, um, like, you know, came out with the accusations and stuff like that with him. But then it was also proven. Right. But I just completely canceled him out 
I think you you make a really good distinction in terms of the Michael Jackson situation and the R. Kelly situation because I think they get lumped in together a lot. And yeah. I think that's an interesting distinction that you're making. Yeah. yeah. And there's there's like a like a separate issue here too that Kendrick addresses like in this verse. Like let's say like he did do it, right? Mm-hmm. We totally discount the role of previous socialized experience in that person's life, right? And how they were oppressed, right? Like he says, um, he told me his personal secrets, childhood catching on beaten, sexually touched and abused, never seen life in a school. The price of being iconic was demonic and screwed, right? So like we all come from something else too, right? So like if we think of like carceral systems, it's just perpetuating this cycle what we lock someone up and it's over we should be addressing the root of these issues stopping this stuff from happening to children like maybe that is locking people i don't know the answer right but Mm -hmm. it's not as like he didn't endure things you know like he had a very no one has really ever had an experience in the history of humankind like michael jackson right right? like Mm -hmm. no one's ever had that level of fame his childhood was so abnormal right so like i'm not defending it but i'm saying like there is a broader picture here. Yeah, and it was known that he was like abused and mm. stuff by his father and just fame at a young age. And then on top of that, we only know what they tell us. Right. We don't know the full story. And even if they tell us their full story, it still may not be the full story. And I think that's a really important point that he makes in that first verse is that, you know, we're not just categorically like, shutting the door and you know labeling him a bad person and it, it's a nuanced approach and mm. understanding like you know even if he was guilty he wasn't a, he was a victim mm. and people act mm-hmm. in ways if a trauma was visited upon him at mm-hmm. a young age and he's kind of revisiting it in his own destructive way yeah um i think that that's that's an important thing to understand as we look at the situation. Mm. And I also yeah. want to just note, like, even if a person is a victim, it doesn't make it okay, right. mm-hmm. like, for them to, like, yes. you know, do the things that were once done to them. So I don't want to make it seem like, okay, like, it's okay. Oh, yeah. like, That's a really important Kelly, point to make. He was a victim himself right. when he was younger. And then he started doing that to other women. I mean, there have even been, like, certain men that spoke up like recently about R. Kelly, but it's just like, what steps are you taking to ensure that you are healed, like mentally, right. mm. emotionally, like physically, all of that. Facts, right? So I feel like if you're not trying to work on yourself, like you can't just say like, this is causing me to do this. You know right. what I mean? Cause nobody can literally force you to do anything. You're in control of your actions. Yeah. So, Michael Jackson, we will never know what happened with him because he's not here to speak for himself. His impact on the world was like so large and like so like, you know, impactful that if somebody comes out and say something negative about him, it's not going to get as much uh, as much attention as it would for somebody like R. Kelly. Because like, yes, he has some great music. But his impact on the world wasn't as great as Michael Jackson. That's a really good point. I like everything that you guys are saying, (laughs) period. I think it goes back to like a newer thing of like cancel culture. Mm. Yeah. It's definitely 
cancel culture has always been a thing, but now there like seems to be a name mm. for like what it is. Like even in the last verse that it's like, oh, um, if Carl Benz was a racist, would you stop driving cars? It's like you think about the artist's contribution to like society and what they do. And it's like, do you really want to cancel them? It just like seems like if like the greater their contribution, the more they can get away with. I'm not saying like obviously um, what Michael Jackson went through was very like intense and like severe, but like in my opinion, like a distinction between like what you allow someone to get away with. Mm. But like obviously like I agree 100% with what you guys said that like violence is like a cycle, abuse is a cycle and like there like accountability is still important. Mm. It's yeah. This idea of, you know, do we still give him credit for mm -hmm. his role that he played and I I think we should. We yeah. can't just completely No, you can't take away the, the things he's history. created. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cuz he's influenced so many artists that we listen to nowadays and there's so many artists that still come to his defense because mm -hmm. how can we believe something that's not proven? Mm. Or like even like I can relate to something in terms of sports. Like when Kobe died, I think he had like a sexual allegation. Like if that allegation happened years ago, like way before he died, like early in his career, and if it wasn't proven then, like why is it being brought up again? Like if it was only kind of like thing that I will throw in there to add to that conversation is I don't know if using our justice system as the determiner mm. for what happened that just because I, mm -hmm. our justice system is so yeah messy flawed, yeah. right so yeah. it's like yes. oh yeah like that's like what what I love about this song too is that like he's not arguing that someone did something or someone didn't do something what he's saying is the argument he's making the, the climate that exists is difficult for artists in a way that it's never been before because what he's trying to do is say the critical like you're going to encounter encounter this in in college or i'm sure you have as a senior right like critical theory is like the lens through which we now view the world in a lot of places right so like of course it's great to be critical right it's we are finding things that are flawed with systems right like the justice system because mm -hmm. of critical theory right we're we're pointing these things out but what gets lost is a dialogue i think is what he's saying people are afraid to comment on things that are controversial because critical theory or criticism has moved past criticism to outright canceling. So it would be easy to see, like, if he released this song, there are going to be some people that would say Kendrick's canceled because mm -hmm. he's a, a pol like a rapist apologist, like, you know, like all this mm -hmm. stuff, right? Is, is he making that argument? I don't know, right? Because he says, like, the great debaters and thinkers, they gave you a voice. Why can't you prosecute the crimes and not the thoughts I employ? So is it okay to have differing thought and to just approach the actions, right? So that's why this song, this song ins inspires discourse, mm -hmm. which is what's needed, mm -hmm. right? Not like shutting someone down, yeah. you know, but there are issues, there's monetary issues, right? Like if you stream an artist, they're making money, but maybe they're an abuser, right? So this song is just like, there's so much to unpack here. 
I don't think we'll get an answer today. But <laughs> I just feel like like there are certain things that are done that's just like unacceptable. Mm. But like overall, or like nobody's perfect. Everybody has like a flaw. I just feel like cancer culture is so big now. wasn't as big before, but I don't necessarily agree with cancer culture because a person could do something like so 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 small, like it won't even like be something that's impactful to like the world or anything else, but people were so quick to like cancel them. I, I, what I wish was added to, cause mm-hmm. I, I do think that like, if there, somebody does something atrocious, then mm-hmm. yes, th- yeah. th- we shouldn't be paying them $20,000 to come to campus and speak. <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. Like, mm. I, I do think that there should be, or I hope there will be some understanding that people are human and they make mistakes. And if they do something right. that they regret, that there's the space to give them to be accountable to themselves, mm-hmm. acknowledge the harm that they've done, and grow. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we're so quick to just like delete them that we mm-hmm. don't see the potential. There's a mm-hmm. really great moral lesson here. If we can see somebody right. really fall hard, own it. Mm. Oh my gosh, to see people own their mistakes is like kind of unusual these days. Mm. And then we can see them post mistake and see how they're living a right. different Yes, and the linguistics of it too. We are so quick to discount people, you know, and I'm not like, I'm not saying there are things that aren't wrong in the world, you know, Mm -hmm. but this isn't the way to go about changing people's minds. That's That's kind of the point he's making. Yeah, it makes you think. And like, that's like, like I've all, I'm, I'm always, I'm a big thinker. Like I'm always thinking like when somebody do wrong. It de- and then also, like, I think about it from like, a religious standpoint. I'm Christian, and then, like, we're told that we're supposed to forgive people and, like, you know, don't hold any grudges. You can forgive a person. So, like, when people make mistakes, I don't like how, like, the cancer culture is nowadays because it's just, like, okay, cancer this person. can't Like, they make one mistake, like, something so small. They may not be educated on a topic and may say something mm. that causes them to receive a lot of backlash and then it's like, okay, cancel that person. How about we teach the person who's not educated on this topic, help them through it and then forgive them. And you don't have to support them after that, but they made a mistake. So you can't just, you know, write them off. Yeah. Write them off because they made a mistake. Like nobody's perfect. Like look at, I think a perfect situation, we can wrap this up too, because I know we have other songs you have to, but one more point I, I want to make is like, like look at baby's situation, yeah. right? What happened Oof. with baby, right? Yeah. And what he said was, was, was offensive and terrible, right? But clearly he wasn't educated on the subject, right? Like he just like was kind of saying things, talking you know, talk. yeah, he's just <laughs> talking and like, but saying like very offensive things, right? Personally, I think the approach is in what some organizations did is like reach out, let's have a dialogue and like, let's kind of like work through this and like talk through why you believe that stuff. Cause you know, isn't that more welcoming? Aren't you more likely to change someone's mind than saying like, you know, canceling them. But on the other hand, you have concert venues, like not booking him anymore. That's also going to teach a lesson, right? You know, you're Mm -hmm. losing out on your funds. So like, I'm not saying it's like, totally wrong but like there are different approaches to these things which one works 
the most in the long run, you know, that's kind of what this song is getting at, I would Mm -hmm. say, you know, and I don't know, you know, we don't need to get into the topic of like, if he was right or wrong. Personally, I think what he said was wrong, right? But like, it's the space to reflect and change. Is that space open? Right. Mm -hmm. That is the most important thing. And I also look at like, tendencies and like, if it's like a habit. So, Mm, like, patterns over mm, time. And he, I don't think he apologized really. Is it real? Yeah, yeah, a PR stunt. Is yeah. it really yeah. an apology or a seven minute Instagram video apologizing exactly. for what he did? And then you get on Is he looking yourself. to grow or is like, <laughs> is it just like to get mm, back to exactly, booking shows exactly. and like yeah. making the money? Yes. Because you look at the history of certain people and like when you see it's a history of, the, of certain things like this, it's like, okay people do make mistakes but now you're purposely doing something repeatedly Mm, and like with the baby it was like a lot of like ongoing situations Mm. where people are questioning him i'm like okay like this is not you know a person that i want to be like affiliated with or like you know support Mm. because it's ongoing yeah all right there's a lot there And isn't this like sorry one more thing but like isn't this so this is so meta like if if someone was afraid to put out a song like this, then no one's having this conversation that we're having. Mm-hmm. If everyone's just tailoring to like their opinions to like what is okay in the culture, that's the argument he's making. Like mm-hmm. we won't have conflicting ideas and conflicting thought and nothing will grow. Everything will remain the same, right? Mm-hmm. So I love this. So. <laughs> that was a good choice. It's deep. Mm. It's really deep. It's deep and it's meta. It's so meta. <laughs> Woo. All right, song number two, Nick. Do you want to do one of yours? You could do, or do you uh, want to do? Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's start with "Killing in the Name." Okay. "Killing in the Name" is um, is this kind of music the kind of music that you normally listen to, guys? Or yes. Is I it? love nice. This is on my if I had a car playlist rock edition. Oh I got two versions of the playlist. <laughs> Yeah, I, it was already on my playlist, and then I saw it on like the list of songs to look at. I was like, "Oh my god!" Wait, how did you? So I thought I thought I was gonna get. Oh my gosh! I never heard of this band. I never heard of this song. <laughs> like, how did you get introduced to Rage Against the Machine? I don't know exactly, but it was already on my playlist. It wasn't like I never really analyzed it. It was just like, yeah, I like the song. It's on there. It was never like these are the lyrics. Yes. It's like going on the playlist. Mm. So what did you think of reading the lyrics? And I think again, like this song, the lyrics and the music really, really go together. I definitely was like, Oh, I did not know what this was about. I was like, I just liked it to like the song. And then like, I liked the, the type of music it was. I liked the beat. I liked like the voice, but like analyzing the lyrics made it something totally different. Mm. It's about police brutality. Mm-hmm. And it was written after the Rodney King trial in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. And I think it was 92. To me, what's striking is how incredible it's actually gotten worse. Or at least we're hearing about it mm. more. So it's still incredibly relevant. One of the questions I have for you guys was it's a very repetitive song. What are your thoughts on that? in terms of it being repetitive i mean it definitely seems like the the artist wants you to get the point if they're repeating it so much yeah. bingo and yeah. i also feel like sometimes like as common common and um rock music where like they sort of like repeat themselves mm-hmm. like i wouldn't necessarily say that they're screaming but it's like you know 
they're just repeating the same stuff. And I just feel like that's like a common thing that's done in rock music. And like the history, like musically of chants, you know, it has like a religious basis, right? Like, you know, Gregorian chant, you know, like you're trying to get your point across, right? And now you think about like political rallies, right? Mm-hmm. People chant the same thing over and over, right? So, and like you think about a really good hook, like in a, like a pop song or like they're repeating. So it's memorable, right? Mm-hmm. That's the point, right? So like this, if they're just saying the same sentence over and over, you're going to remember that sentence. <laughs> you yeah. <know>? Like, <laughs> you're going to get the point. It's definitely know? different than like rap. Rap is like, mm-hmm. you have to listen very hard to like get all of it. Otherwise you're going to miss important Well, yeah. Parts. Like, like what we just did. Yeah. <laughs> like that. If you don't sit there and listen, you're going to miss something. Right. This exactly. is like very like, you're going to hear this part. Cause this is what I want you to hear. Right. It's funny. The, the ending, you know, the F you, I won't do what you tell me. Mm. It's so powerful and it kind of builds to that point. And I was thinking, it's like, nowadays, that's kind of dangerous to, and that was the point back in the day. Mm. But like, I think we've really come to understand that that can get you killed, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, um, yes. And the, the name of the band, Raging Against the Machine, it's like, to me, there's an undercurrent of powerless in there, Mm -hmm. powerlessness. Mm-hmm. in there because you're raging against something that you feel powerless against or that y- you want to change but it's um dominant mm-hmm. and so it's definitely a protest song but i also think that you know i would hate for somebody to you know get pulled over and say if you won't, i won't do what you tell me mm-hmm. because that's a really mm-hmm. dangerous situation to be in Cor- correct me if i'm wrong but are they all white in the band the I- singer is right so like for he could probably do that right like he could say like fuck you to the cops and like you know they'd probably send him on his way you know right so like i think that is a different game for sure right you know like there's a layer of privilege woven into this for sure you know but the part i just want i kind of need like clarification when Mm. it says like those who died are justified what what exactly is it referring to like because it's talking about chosen whites who wear badges so it's talking about police or the military i my understanding was it was talking about justifiably like those who die through police brutality Mm -hmm. or justify because justify i i read it differently okay because i read it because he said those who died are justified for wearing the badge they're the chosen whites. You justify those that died by wearing the badge. They're the chosen whites, right? So he's saying like society like like privileges these people who like wear badges, be it police or maybe yeah. the military, right? And like like they're justified in like doing what they do. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And like they died for a good cause, right? Um, That's kind of how I read it. It's funny. This whole like looking at it laid out mm. in print, it, it tells a story. Yeah. You know, just the changes in pronouns throughout the song exactly. and how it evolves. And there was a great moment in the Tracy Chapman. I don't know if we'll have time to talk about that, where the change in the pronoun like blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Like it was so good, right? But like, who listens to music like this? Like, do you, I don't often like go on genius.com and like read the lyrics. Like, do you guys do that? I have I to do that if I don't understand what the <laughs> voice is saying. Like there are some songs like Rihanna's work. It's like, what is she even saying? <laughs> so you kind of have to look it up. Yeah. Or sometimes like 
if I'm listening to something and like it's really, really good and I feel like there's deeper meaning, mm-hmm. I'll probably go to genius. Like this is a text. Like this is poetry, right? Like right. when you write a song, like you are writing basically a poem, right? Mm-hmm. So to read this stuff as a poem, like mm-hmm. separate from the music, it gives you something different. And sometimes you don't want that, right? You just want it with the music and you're vibing, like that's fine, right? But sometimes it's interesting to go to the actual text. It is a valuable thing to try every once in a while. What did you think of this song, Richard? So, I mean, I wasn't familiar with the song still. I am not familiar with the song, but I do listen to, you know, a lot of songs that are within the same genre, rock. Mm. So... I mean, when I first like heard the song, I was just thinking, okay, like it's a lot of like repetitive um, lines and like words and stuff like that. And but it did sound like I've heard this song before, and I'm getting at me hearing this song from like maybe a video game because I know like back then, like a lot of like fighting games or like wrestling games mm-hmm. had a lot of like rock songs in it, and that's really where that's also where I kind of like got my like taste and rock from like always hearing like some of these like ragey um songs mm. from the video games and it was just kind of catchy and i liked it and the catchiness comes from the repetitiveness within the um songs cool do you know the the what happened with this song recently no Have you heard that no so like apparently like a lot of like Trump supporters were like posting videos no. using this song because no. like they're like you know like sometimes rock and like the concert like that's a vibe right and you know thrash, the right? anarchy yeah of, like right? the rage yeah the exactly and um the band spoke on it and they were like they don't get it do they like they have, <laughs> they haven't read the lyrics have they right like the, <laughs> they are the chosen white yeah exactly right so like the way that like songs can be taken out of context you know it's very interesting interesting right. and appropriated I always, mm-hmm. mm. I always try to understand whatever i'm listening to mm. so. i want to talk about why you chose woman ah, by doja cat because yes i love this song it's my favorite song off the planet her album yeah, it's a good song. and tiktok really made it popular yes. it really like just like with the tiktok dance TikTok yeah it's making a lot of stuff popular i love nowadays. that some people are like oh no like it's like it's making like songs like too known and i'm like it like brings out new like songs that you never heard of this is hilarious because that's why i picked this up <laughs> this is my right? song because it was on repeat when it first came out <laughs> yes i wanted to talk about like the role that tiktok has in the music industry today um and like more specifically um like does that change the context of the song like it being on tiktok like and there being dances because i'm sure a lot of people on tiktok doing the dances or whatever aren't reading the full lyrics or even listening to the full song a lot of the time right they mm-hmm. listen to the segment they do the dance so yeah. you know what are your thoughts on that i mean not like aside from tiktok i do think that she did have like a very strong album yeah because uh I think recently just broke a record. She's the first female hip hop artist to have an album in the top five for how many weeks? I think they said 10 weeks or something like that. So like she's the first because she labels herself as a um, rapper. So like this was a very strong album. When I was listening to the album, this song did stick out. Um, aside from TikTok, because I'm not really like enough you know, familiar with TikTok. I, I know what TikTok does. I know like it causes a lot of music to be popular. 
and some artists would make a song that's for TikTok mm, so yeah. to get more play on TikTok yeah. and become popular. A drink. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tootsie Slide. Yeah, right? that yeah. song was made for TikTok. Yeah. He saw what it did with um, Megan's song, mm-hmm. um, Savage. Ex, right? Didn't he? Yeah. Up on TikTok? Right. So he saw like how it made kind of like, you know, uh, uh, impact on TikTok and the TikTok play got the streams up. It's a new way for artists, you know. Now, instead of like making music that like is like, you know, relatable or like, you know, really, really good music, they will make a song that will get like, you know, just put money in their pockets now mm-hmm. because they know it'll be a, a catchy song. I, I have an argument for you and I want I want your opinion. <laughs> so my argument is so the part that is usually on TikTok, right, mm-hmm. is the the beginning part, right? Like, let me be your one. Right. The part that isn't often heard, I feel like, is her rap verses. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's like very like pro like the verses are very like self-sufficient women, like the power of femininity. And like, there's a lot in in the rap verse, right? Can the fact that it's only the chorus part being played change the meaning of the song, right? Because she's saying like, let me be your woman over and over, right? Kind of a more submissive kind of role. Yeah. So does that change like the social attitude of this song? I agree. I feel like it could be looked at two different ways, though. It could be mm. looked at it and the way that you're thinking about it, or it could be looked at like, okay, like when we're dancing on TikTok, this is the part that's like, you know, that you could really like kind of like dance to. Yeah. Because Stop. it's like, yeah, and it's like repeating itself rather than like the rap, the rap, some um, verses in the song is saying so many different things, you know, so much going on. That if a person is dancing, maybe the listener, the listeners or like viewers won't pay attention to the dance. They'll probably pay attention to the rap. What do you guys think? I don't know. It's definitely, it contradicts itself saying, mm-hmm. let me be your woman. Mm-hmm. And then like, I could be the CEO. It's definitely, <laughs> but like nobody on TikTok is going to be like, I could be the CEO. Like no, doing exactly, like right? the dances. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you can't keep up with that. And exactly. it's also not as like easy to make a dance for. For yeah. sure. By fixating on that one part of the song, it kind of does diminish her yeah. message. And so, yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> Something to think about. Something to think about. Because, <laughs> like, I'm looking at it, and it's like, it says she can grow it from her womb, a family. And then on the other side, they want to see us end up like we're Regina on Mean Girls. Mm. So maybe there is, like, I don't know, maybe, like, even though it says, let me be your woman, and it's like, I can be your woman, maybe it's like trying to regain the power, like, oh, you can let me, but this is all, like, I can do. Ah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel, like she's talk- uh, I feel like she's speaking on how, like, women could basically do whatever they, mm-hmm. like, you know, put their minds to and, like, do whatever they want, be whoever they want. But society tries to box women in, like, mm-hmm. a specific category. So she's saying, like, yeah, I can be a woman, but I can also be these things as well. Like, I don't have to be portrayed as, like, you know, like the mean girl thing. Like, I don't have to be seen as that. What do you think about, um, I have a feeling she's trying to reclaim the idea of femininity being powerful, right? Because mm-hmm. as you can see, 
as she goes into the from the verse to the chorus. The first time she says, Baby, worship my hips and waist so feminine with grace. I touch your soul when you hear me say, Boy, let me be your woman. Right. So she's saying there's a there's a power in being feminine. Like I can kind of hold that mm-hmm. over men, right? Like I have that power. When I say those words, like it's powerful and I have that power. And then the second time she says, uh, divine feminine, I'm feminine. Why? Right. Is like the, the back or the ad lib. But like before she's saying like, there's so many different versions of what it means to be a woman, but we shouldn't be discounting the power of the feminine woman. Mm-hmm. Like there's a power in that more traditional sense of being a woman as well. You know, where I think the, was it like the first wave of feminism? So it was all about like, it was like basically like, taking the language of men, like being mm. the CEO, like, you know, like grabbing that power and being, you know, more yeah. like a man where like there is an inherent power in femininity as well. That's mm-hmm. my take. And I think that, that there's so many mixed messages when mm. it comes to femininity that she captures that yeah. here. There, yeah. there is this kind of tug and pull. And to like speak back on the point where like you're saying, like kind of like taking her power back, like this line, like a few lines right here is saying, Gotta face a lot of people that are opposite. The world told me we ain't got that common sense. Gotta prove to myself that I'm on top of shit. So I feel like just like also knowing her story, like from like she was signed to Jay Z, I believe, back then a few years ago. And like, you know, she had a creative direction in mind and which she wanted to go, which is this creative direction mm. that she's displaying in the recent years. And they were like kind of rocking with that. Um, so she kind of was like, okay, like I can do this on my own. She was an independent artist and she started to blow up on her own. Mm-hmm. So I just like, when I read those lines, I'm thinking like, okay, she had to prove to herself that she can be that CEO, that she can be that boss, she can be that leader. She doesn't have to listen to her or anybody else label her as or try to label women as. And she's proven it, like she's living proof of that. Let's plow through to Tracy Chapman. How many people had heard this song before? Or is this was the first time that they'd first heard time. Right. I didn't even know who that was. <laughs> Alrighty. See, so it's like <laughs> I feel like this thing this isn't the first time, but like like maybe like the first time that I actually paid attention to. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Hannah? I thought the song was interesting. It's not one that's go- going into my playlist after listening <laughs> to it, but I definitely appreciate what like she was trying to do with it. Oh, what do you think she was trying to do with it? It kind of reminds me a little of like the the Rage Against the Machine song we listened to, but a different style of music. <laughs> yes. It's very like like revolutionary, trying to invoke like that like protest mindset or like questioning society and what's really happening mindset. But like in a obviously a different genre in a right. different way. Exactly. Don't mm-hmm. you think like the Rage Against the Machine? They're both approaching revolution, right? Mm-hmm. The change, but they approach it from such a masculine standpoint, <sighs> and she approached it with mm-hmm. just such a lighter touch, mm-hmm. you know, appealing to like different emotions, right? They're like angry, and she's appealing to like empathy, you know, things that are traditionally like associated with femininity, right? like crying on the doorsteps of those armies of salvation, wasting time in the unemployment lines, 
right? She's not saying like "fuck you," I won't do. Like she's yeah. saying like like look at this. It's, it's like, more like "huh," isn't yeah. this funny? Like yeah. isn't this weird that we're yeah. that we're doing this and we're saying this is okay? Mm. We're standing in this line like "huh." And the other one's just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very aggressive. Mm -hmm. There's this one part of the song, though, where she's like, I said, you better run, 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 run. Mm -hmm. It's like, is that Fred? Is she telling them to, like, get out of here? Like, mm. is that, like, that's about as forceful as the song gets. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I feel like, like, based on, like, listening to it, she's saying how, like, you know, at the moment, like, Poor people are clearly, like, you know, down, like, um, in terms of, like, you know, the power and money they have. But she's saying that, you know, one day, like, they're going to rise up and one day she'll rise up because, you know, like, the pronouns switch during, during the yes. song. And she's saying that she's been standing in welfare. Lines. Yes. So I think she's telling everybody else, like, I guess she's not, I'm not sure if she's, like, insinuating that people are treat poor people like less than or lesser than and that's why i still feeling i'm getting from the song and she's saying that to the people that are treating us like nobodies like you better run because like we're on the rise right mm -hmm. that's like the best moment i'm so glad you caught that right mm -hmm. how like the first time she says well they're standing in the welfare lines mm -hmm. the second time she says i've been staying in the welfare lines right, right. so it brings up this issue of like People don't know what it's like until you felt it personally, right? Mm -hmm. You get that with like homophobia, racism, right? Like you can't truly know until you've been in that situation, right? So mm -hmm. I'm so glad you caught that. <laughs> this song definitely feels like a story. Like some songs mm -hmm. are just like happening, I guess. Like there's no like shift, but this one is like, like it's very calm. And then it seems like a climactic moment where, where like she turns around and she's like, now it's time to like switch up like now you gotta run yeah she's very narrative like mm -hmm. her lyrics song after song she tells a story in her mm -hmm. music this got me listening to the whole album i think is a really strong album mm -hmm. i don't think there's it a is. bad song and it it's it was refreshing to to have this i'm getting old i think what, <laughs> what year was this song i think it maybe? was hold on or like what 90s right what time is she from the style of music seems very old or not like bad but like it reminded me of like um 88 hootie and the blowfish and like that sort of sound mm -hmm. dave matthews right mm -hmm. like the acoustic guitars and like like we're all it reminds me of that time when everyone was like we're all the same color, the human color. Right. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> the rainbow connection. <laughs> it reminds me. So um, I saw Tracy Chapman perform and mm. it was in the 90s during the Lilith Fair. Yeah, that, that was a time in music where it was like they were trying to make the point that there could be female musicians that were um, worthy of a music festival. And that mm. was a radical idea back at the time. So, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that we could kind of juxtapose "Killing in the Name of" and talking about a revolution and mm -hmm. understand messages can be can be shared in different ways. And I love your observation about the masculine versus feminine. I think that is really. I never heard. I'd never thought about it in that specific way. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. There's also like a common trend between all the songs. They all like, even though like. Like, there are songs that, like, don't have a story or don't have a message. They're just to, like, 
make you feel good yeah. like it's ironic like all of them have like a deeper message right. you just have to look i was totally i was really close to picking a song that was just like meant to like you just put it on at the party you know what i mean because i, <laughs> I want to have that conversation too about like like what is the purpose of music it doesn't Easy have music. right but it yeah. doesn't it doesn't need to be like some greater message right sometimes mm -hmm. you just want to like feel good or like mm -hmm. feel a mood and there's nothing else to it right and mm -hmm. that's fine right you yeah. know so like if you when you guys pick your songs don't feel like you need to pick some song with like a <laughs> like a lofty message you know like because there's there's so much joy and like other mm -hmm. things involved in music like that as well and we'll pick it apart anyway yeah <laughs> well, well, so not there's no lyrics yeah. you well, can't make it apart right. oh, or could. maybe you could <laughs> but you get some frank zappa and <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me take that back <laughs> well this was really fun mm -hmm. and i don't know how we're gonna edit this because <laughs> we like went in so many different directions it's and it's good. like i don't know what are your thoughts about editing like well if this podcast comes back in 10 years when like one of us is famous <laughs> one of us is getting canceled yes. we already <laughs> we already established that <laughs> it's also like learning how each other thinks yeah it's like we're totally like not used to each other and like our opinions or mindsets so mm -hmm. it's like the first time you kind of learn a lot about a person this was fun yes. all right i'm gonna hit stop Okay. Ready? No, no more interesting thoughts. I was just going to say, you guys aren't allowed to say anything more. Okay. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by HOP and SSS's The Census Project. The Census Project encourages self-exploration and community building through podcasting, music, and beat making. You can find out more about The Census Project at SyracuseCensus.com. Through nuanced discussion and dialogue across differences, the Census Project seeks to create a more inclusive community, one podcast at a time. Again, this is Craig Tucker, and we thank you for listening.